to yeah. go on a bit, but please. I'll try to rush things up. Yeah, uh, this is, um, I'm going to present um, results from uh, two uh, research projects that we did. Um, one primarily relies on uh, primary data collection that we did, and another one, both primary and secondary data, uh, uh, out of which we as a team were responsible for only the secondary data. So yeah, let, let me take you through this. So the first example is uh, our, our research on cost of statelessness. Uh, we framed it within the sustainable livelihood framework and argued that uh, statelessness is a vulnerability which affects livelihoods of um, households and individuals. We tried to, in this uh, research, uh, compare uh, uh, citizens' uh, livelihoods uh, uh, as against the, uh, the formerly stateless uh, communities' livelihoods. So it's a, it's a kind of a um, um, control uh, case uh, against the formerly stateless uh, communities. So we uh, sampled data from um, both the control uh, group, which is the, the citizens, as well as uh, formerly stateless groups in four countries, Bangladesh, Kenya, Slovenia, and Sri Lanka. Um, yeah, the, the, we had uh, three, uh, three, 300 uh, cases from uh, three countries and 80 from uh, Slovenia. Uh, added to that, we, we did some in-depth interviews with these uh, groups, uh, which is useful um, uh, in terms of uh, making causal links on, on, on various uh, parameters that we are interested in the survey. One of the key challenges is again, uh, as, as has been mentioned so many times uh, today, is the definition uh, of what statelessness is and how we implement that on the field. Uh, we've actually uh, chose to do uh, multiple ways of looking at it. We've looked at documents, we've looked at people's perceptions of whether they felt that they were uh, uh, a citizen of that country. And uh, we've also asked uh, secondary, uh, um, consulted secondary sources uh, in terms of uh, identifying uh, who, who's stateless and who's citizen. <coughs> I'll uh, take you through some of the results that I have for Bangladesh. We have uh, all the results for four countries and we have combined them as well. Uh, this, the, the survey happened in 2011 and uh, this clearly shows uh, uh, the effect of uh, being a stateless as compared to citizen. What we are looking at here is uh, the in household level income uh, as well as household level expenditure. And uh, clearly uh, the levels are uh, hugely different and these are very statistically significant uh, levels of difference that we are looking at here. Um, yeah, we can do this because we, we've uh, collected that data. Uh, it's not just uh, whether you are stateless or not, we've looked at other uh, covariates as well, for example, income, for example, expenditure, um, for example, <coughs> gender. And, and this is clearly showing uh, how um, uh, income levels vary across uh, the stateless and citizen groups, as well as uh, between uh, men and uh, women, uh, which is something that we were interested in the study uh, uh, as gender as a cross-cutting issue. This is education, which is ob obviously feeding into uh, uh, <coughs> income as well as other, other parameters that we are looking at, uh, clearly showing uh, that um, among the citizen group, 
the uh, average levels of household education is much higher than uh, among the uh, stateless group, which is uh, the left side of the diagram. Um, this is uh, another uh, factor, a uh, health status of the household, which is which we um, <coughs> collected information on based on a, a Likert scale type of uh, uh, instrument, uh, where we asked them to uh, rank themselves from one to five, uh, depending on what, what level of uh, health status they, they, they believe they are in. And uh, we combine them in the at the household level, and uh, this is what the results are. So clearly showing that the formerly stateless group have uh, health issues that, that are more challenging or, or more serious than the uh, citizen group. <coughs> and that, that's, that's a, a flavour of uh, what um, um, the Bangladeshi uh, results were like. And uh, in the end, we also combined all of these uh, results uh, at the all four countries. And this kind of, uh, this, this table is showing how, <coughs> by how much the statelessness has affected uh, these communities. Essentially, we are saying, for example, in Bangladesh, uh, household incomes of stateless groups were 74% less than uh, the uh, uh, citizen groups. And similarly, for all other countries, there were uh, issues with uh, statelessness. The second example that we have uh, to offer you is uh, a recent study we did on uh, benefits of protection of children was one of the key things that we looked at there. Here, I, I told you uh, we, we were uh, responsible for the secondary data analysis. We used uh, UNICEF's mixed data, uh, uh, USA's DHS data, and also, I think for the first time, PLAN's uh, sponsorship data. Uh, PLAN has um, collected information on um, the children that they have uh, sponsored across the globe. Um, 1.4 million children and uh, data spans for the last six years. So it's a massive database uh, which has been neglected so far. I don't know. I think they, they've used it for internal purposes but not for research purposes as like this. Um, and we've been able to uh, uh, tap into these secondary data sources and highlight uh, how birth registration uh, may uh, relate to uh, health issues of under five children, which comes from UNICEF data as well as USAID's data, as well as how uh, uh, birth registration may be related to uh, uh, education outcomes, which comes mainly from uh, uh, plans data, because um, UNICEF's and USAID's data do not have uh, information about for children <coughs> above five. So education impacts we cannot uh, uh, look at from those data sets, except maybe for some a few countries in Latin America mm -hmm. where they did have um, um, yeah so I think I've covered all this yeah uh, let's skip that so basically we've looked at uh, health issues as well as uh, uh, education issues in our um, uh, yeah second data cover. In conclusion, I'd like to point out that um, gener obviously generating data for humanitarian protection can be quite difficult. There are huge definitional issues. You 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 can go uh, to the field with uh, very challenging definitions uh, to handle it, um, and then of course the field conditions could also be challenging, which has been mentioned several times over. 
uh, then um, well head, head counts help how many and uh, what what degree of uh, these challenges are visible on the ground that helps but if we can uh, go a bit further and uh, collect data on uh, you know uh, other uh, cross-cutting uh, issues uh, education for example um, uh, gender for example and um, so on and so forth um, we can generate more targeted and relevant and therefore less costly uh, policy outcomes leading to of, of course uh, we believe better protection for, for these people and the example of uh, plans data which we used uh, kind of suggests that uh, better data can result from streamlining existing data I mean mm -hmm. we, we, we don't necessarily go for uh, expensive uh, new data collection um, uh, ventures we can um, actually look for uh, other other data that's available uh, already in the in the in the in various systems and of course uh, ensuring that um, um, researchers have access to this data I'll stop there thank you